Today on the show, singer-songwriter Rebecca Rubion and I talk about how to be self-motivated. We debate who has it easier in the music business, men or women, and much more on episode 42 of Who Writes This Stuff. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. You guys, we're back. I don't know if you noticed or not, but uh, the podcast sort of went away for a couple months. I didn't mean it to go away for this long, but uh, I, uh, for those of you who don't follow me on the internet uh, in the various ways that is possible, I was in the studio. I did a Kickstarter campaign, uh, I guess, gosh, at the beginning of this year. Um, I talked a little bit about that on previous episodes, and uh, it was successful, and we went into the studio, me and uh, uh, Senor Andrew Osenga. Uh, he's Spanish Dutch uh, descent. Uh, we went we went uh, into the studio. We made a record. It's a real thing that I have on my hard drive. It's real. It's being mixed right now, and then it'll be mastered and then released pretty quickly, hopefully. So trying to get it out um, before the summer, but possibly early summer. So there you go. That that's what I've been up to. I, I a few of you uh, have been very nice. And asking and or saying that very nice and saying that you missed the podcast and also asking, hey, uh, douchebag, when's it coming back? So I appreciate that uh, that you guys missed the podcast while it was away, but now it is back, and uh, I think we have a great episode. Uh, my friend Rebecca Rubion, who's a singer songwriter in town, uh, she tours a little bit too. Um, great, great girl. I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, a lot of insight into what it's kind of kind of what, what it is like being a, a working musician. And, you know, if you want to get to that point, uh, it's especially I think this episode is especially going to uh, tickle your fancy, as my grandmother probably said many times in her lifetime. Some really fun things are coming up for the podcast. Uh, nothing that I can really announce right now, but probably in the next episode or two, uh, once some more details get solidified. But uh, I guess I can tell you that we're in the works of getting a live version of the podcast uh, launched, which is sort of confusing. But uh, it's sort of something I've been wanting to do for a while. We're just randomly throughout the year. I'm going to kind of host these live episodes in front of an audience and have a panel of uh, people come out, different songwriters, different creative people in general. Do it. I'm gonna, I want to start doing it here in Nashville and then also in, uh, you know, on the road a little bit, too, if I'm in a cool city. So, um also, very excited to announce there's going to be a TV show, sitcom version of the podcast starring Bronson Pinchot uh, from Perfect Strangers fame, who's going to be playing me. So, no, just kidding. I would I would die if that happened. That would be incredible. Um, no, but there's some other fun things happening uh, as well, and I'll keep you guys posted uh, as they develop. Um, okay, let's jump into it. Let's get the business done real quick. Uh, I did want to, oh, before we jump into that, I wanted to thank a few people. I wanted to thank uh, Ryan Shane Lopez, Stephen Isaacs, and Jeffrey Slape. Uh, and I guess Daniel Johnson, too. Good old Daniel Johnson. Um, all uh, left feedback on the iTunes page. So thank you so much. If you guys um, had not had the chance to go over to the iTunes feedback page or the iTunes podcast page and leave feedback, um, uh, please do. It helps iTunes know that we're here and other people who listen to similar podcasts also know that we're here. And if you leave feedback, I will be more than happy to give you a shout out on the show. So just like I did. Also, if you want to uh, email the podcast at any point, who writes this stuff podcast at gmail.com. If you, if anything from this episode or previous ones strikes you in a, in a certain way that makes you want to say, Hey, I should email somebody about that. I'm the guy to do it. So send me an email. Uh, also, 
there's Twitter, who writes pod, uh, and Facebook, who writes the stuff. Um, yeah, jump in all that. Just jump in head first. Every single social media. I think I'm gonna make a Zanga <laughs> or a live journal. Uh, no, I'm not gonna do that. That's ridiculous. So uh, we have a Tumblr and a mailing list. Oh gosh, we have so much stuff. I should really get more listeners before I make more social media platforms. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry. Also, I did want to mention that I am going on the road uh, in June and July, and hopefully a little bit in August too. Actually, I'm gonna go on the road for the rest of my life until this album is promoted. But I'm gonna be on this kind of uh, for the next you know few months at least. I'm gonna be promoting this album, this new album that we made that is called "The Reintroduction of Nick Flora." And uh, if you guys are, are anywhere in the United States and maybe even Canada and you would like to host a house show, Rebecca and I talk a little bit about house shows. And if you want to do a house show, that sounds something cool, like something cool that you would like to be involved with. Um, you can email me, uh, at house show at nickflora.com and we can kind of talk about what that means. I mean, some people are interested, but they don't really know what's in, entailed. So let me know. I would love to talk to you, answer questions, all that kind of stuff. Or if you know cool venues in your area and you're like, Hey, you should come play at this place. Uh, I, I love that kind of stuff. It helps me kind of realize where you guys are. So I'd love to come and, uh, I love meeting podcast listeners on the road. It seems to be happening more and more these days and I would love to keep that going. So, all right. I, th- I think that's it. I mean, I don't really have anything else to say except for it's a very exciting time and I'm going to try to keep the podcast, uh, going as much as possible. I would like to, uh, kick out as many episodes as possible. So, um, thank you guys for being so patient um, you guys are, have been incredibly kind to me, incredibly sweet, and a lot of you help support the Kickstarter to make the album happen, and I cannot thank you enough. So, with all that said, let's get into it. Uh, this week's episode, number 42, with Rebecca Rubion. You call the play today, young man, stay down, you can wait. I'll make sure this is right. No, but I'm thinking about you because... I want you to tutor me on house concert. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to. I love talking about that stuff. It's sort of revolutionary and for us indies, you know? Yeah, and I really, really think house concert chores would be, A, so much fun. They are. They're the best. And they give you shelter and comfort and a home. Well, and yes. Yes, all those things. But then this is a challenge because... I'm a female artist. You are. You are a female. I'm sure that being a male artist has its own, you know, I'm sure. Not as much. But but it is something that I have to consider, so I'm like... Um, well, that's why you take a dude with you. Right. <laughs> that sounds awful a and very sexist. that you're not dating. Yes. That you are friends with that will respect you. Or that's you. in your bank. Yeah, okay, it's tricky. Yeah. Um. <laughs> that's what, that's the, and so, and like... Or a group of girls. Honestly, you know, if I was dating, not, even if I was dating someone, it would be tricky. You know what that I mean? Would, like, that would be tricky. I, I would say either take a guy with you that's like in your band and like your buddy, your brother kind of thing, or somebody, uh, or like a, a, like a couple girls. Like, it, and not saying that like a couple, like a few females <laughs> is the equivalent to one male, but there's just a, there is a stigma that you can use to so your you're advantage. you're saying that women are weak? No, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not at all. I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> but uh, it can but be they per- are. what I <laughs> what I what I'm saying can be perceived that way, and it's not at all because I've talked to our friend Stacy, 
<clears throat> Lance about doing right. that, that kind of thing, and and uh, her and I've done a few tours where it's like me, her, and a and a drummer, essentially percussionist or whatever mm-hmm. to do, and we do some house shows and stuff, and so that's awesome. and that's the kind of the perfect dynamic for and but it it does get tricky because you don't. Well, what's your worry as a female going into like people's homes and stuff? They, they might be, um, they might be weirdos. Yeah, just that's, that they I would be creepy, um, or that you just don't. I mean, you are going into someone's intimate space, and you True. don't want it to be weird. You want to have your own space within their intimate space, mm-hmm. and so just. I mean, you don't have to stay there. There, I would. No, no, and more times than not, I don't. More times, I. I just, the older I get and the more I tour, the more I've, and I've gotten better at finding cheap hotels and stuff. I, I enjoy a hotel that's my, kind of my own. There's that awkward thing of like waking up in the middle of the night, walking to the bathroom and running into somebody right. else that, <laughs> right, right, right. that I don't really want to, uh, you know, if I can avoid, I'd like to avoid. But, and, and I've realized that I'm really bad or I think I'm really bad at, at the next morning. Like are they gonna make me breakfast this is weird how fast can I get out of here cause like uh, you know the yeah, next morning's awkward yeah you stage 5 clinger I'm just kidding <laughs> I'm just kidding not stage that not that all clinger. fans are weird no they're not I don't think not. that at all I think there are a lot of them want to be hospitable and they want to you know support you and so if they can have you stay at their house they'd gladly do it and sure and some of them yeah, know you don't, you don't want it to be uncomfortable for them and you don't want to be uncomfortable yeah. And so, all that to say is, is being a female artist, is, you know, you've got, you have to have a buffer there. Mm-hmm. Because Definitely. people can, they can. I mean, it's not to say women are weak, but people, people can take advantage of women yes. artists more than they could men. Yes. And I don't know whether, because I don't think that women are weaker than men, but there is sort of like a stigma, like, a lot of people, a lot of creepy people, especially people who are just sort of like, and not even people who are out to hurt you, but people who might not know a boundary. Those boundaries, even the presence of a of a dude there, whether they could beat him up or not, is for some reason kind of is it works as like a force field. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. It's a territorial thing. Yeah, and I, it's so underlying. Like sometimes it's so primitive and yeah, very subconscious. Un- yeah. Not not really something acknowledged, but Yeah. That's really that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I've never really thought about that. But I've I have a lot of uh, including you, I have a lot of girls who like who are my friends who are also musicians and so I've and I've talked to a lot of them about doing you know, or just touring in general and kind of you know people like Hannah Miller kinda of have it made because her husband's in her band yeah <laughs> and so like they can literally go on the road together and it's like a vacation almost right um, and, and and i mean i was at a party the other night my friend evan weatherford i don't know if you know him great maybe. guitar player in town was like rebecca you know like you've been talking about this for so long you moved here you know a couple years ago and like why don't you just do it like just hit the road you know and just go and you know just 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 take a chance take a leap and i was like I'd love to, mm-hmm. but I just... It's not that easy. It's not that easy for for a female artist. Yeah, like, by herself. I, yeah, and I almost feel like uh, it is a challenge, because if I was a man, I would that would be so much easier to just just do it, you know? Yeah. I've, I have so many guy friend artists that are just like, eh, I just got in my car and booked a tour and went. That's what I did, yeah. Yeah, 
So. I was 23 and I literally just, I was sick of not doing anything musically. And I was in a small town and I was like, I just booked it. I, I literally picked a map up and picked a place. Like Columbia, South Carolina was the place. And I was like, now nah, I have to figure out how to get there. Like mm-hmm. I booked a show there. Mm-hmm. And it was, and I can't imagine what it would be like. Like, the, first off, even at 20, I think I was 22, 23, my, there's no way my parents would, would have let me, I still lived at home, there's no way they would have let me go <laughs> if I was a girl. I don't, I really don't think they would, but there's something about, like, you know, there's a stigma with parents, too. Like, parents are, like, let him go out on his own and, blah, right. blah, you know, move into the big city, whatever it is. But with, with girls or with daughters, I feel like it's there's a little bit more protective thing. And I think maybe eventually that'll go away, but I feel there's still, even though we I feel like we've become better as seeing us as equals there's still like some it has nothing to do with equality it has more to do with just um it's a simple biological fact that that women are taken advantage of more easily than men that's true yeah and i know i'm not talking about being afraid i'm going to be raped but just like or like just or that you're un- dumber right or, nobody's right. Saying that. or right. you know i mean i i, I can I do have re- reoccurring nightmares that I, I'm being attacked and I can't I can't hit them. I keep missing. <laughs> I like go to punch them and I'm like, no. Um, but I do feel like I, I would be strong and, you know, defend yeah. myself. Um, I'm not afraid that that would happen per se, but I just think, I just mean in in any situation it could be, it could go bad. It could sure. be uncomfortable and I would have no buffer, you know. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway. See, no, this is interesting to me because I think all the time how much easier this is when I when I get you my, do you you said I like do. you don't know how easy you have it you can just smile I, and bat yes, your eyes yes and, well in most instances that doesn't work with like with sound guys that are mm-hmm, surly mm-hmm, <laughs> that are a little mm-hmm. bit more trepidatious or like I feel like most sound guys in my experience are like I don't want to say failed musicians but a lot of them are just musicians who just sort of like that I've worked with, like, they're just, they used to be, and they kind of gave up on it, and now, like, they're bitter sound guys. That, well, and that's they've the been working with self-entitled, you know, people yes. that walk in oh, that aren't very talented. Yeah. Let's, let's go that way, because that, that makes me sound a lot less uh, judgmental. No, <laughs> but, I mean, I think but, it's both, probably, and so they see me, and a combination thereof. Well, the stigma with, like, a sound guy who's been doing it for, like, 20 years, and, like, an old crotchety dude seeing me, he's already put a stigma on me that I am... You know, a hotshot rock star kid. Even though, well, like, you are. Well, I me. Mean, let's face facts. <laughs> but then, and then it makes me nervous and frustrated. But for some reason, like somebody, like I've seen, and I don't think she'll mind me saying, but Emily Deloach is so good with sound guys. Do you know her at all? I know. She, she's like the sweetest. And I've seen you do it too. Like you just, you just have a disposition about you where you can just be like, "Hey, will you mind turning this up?" And you might think, "Think you know, whatever." And they're just putty in your hands, more or less. And I was like, "That that would be such a good tool to have in my tool belt." You know, being a girl and all, that would be great. If, but and I, but I think there. I mean, you, we can go back and forth all day. But, but I've thought in my darkest of like self-loathing moments, I've thought like, "Man, if I was a girl, this would be so easy because I could just, you know, be pretty." <laughs> but that's you know it's cl- obviously I think has it has advantages it, it, you know as as far as the sound guy and whatever else goes it's like it's all about your disposition and you're really I mean let's not play the compliment game but you really are you're very very charming and very genuinely nice to people who are helping you out on stage and off and 
And I think that goes a long way and, and being humble about it and not being entitled about it. Yeah. And first of all, I would even say that it makes you, your art sound better. Like it, if someone comes into contact with you and they like you genuinely because mm-hmm. of who you are, they are going to be more inclined to like or at least appreciate your art because they've made a connection with you as a person and they actually like you. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. I mean, there's definitely been, and there's definitely been people who I didn't really like their music and then met them and they were so then you awesome. you support them. And then, like, I've gone on tour with bands or whatever that I wasn't crazy about their music. It was fine. And then, like, and like at the end of the tour, like, I, I like, you know, love it. Mm-hmm. But I think that, but because I've become, like, buddies with them and we've mm-hmm. become friends and, you know. So, I, I definitely say that, that that goes a long way. I mean, we, we said that many times on, on this podcast, like... Just as important as being talented and like self motivated, you have to be like a nice person. Like, (laughs) that's just a good life lesson. Just be nice to people. Yeah. And that, I mean, what do you know? It's also a career move in a weird way, but it's also just a good, (laughs) you know, it's just don't be a dick. That's kind of (laughs) right. Well, and a lot of people have um, personalities that are not naturally warm and friendly, Mm -hmm. and they have to work at that, and it's not because they're mean or awful people. Let's name off all the people we know who are Let's talk some (laughs) serious... Let's talk smack about... (laughs) Let's just list them. (laughs) I need some uh, bumps on listenership in this. Let's let's really get (laughs) Well, there's this one guy. People (laughs) people tune in to hear, like, sweet Rebecca Ruby on, and then it's, like, just, like, smack talk the whole... (laughs) I would love that. (laughs) I would love that. Just burn every bridge we have. Let's let's go. (laughs) Beginning of our careers, let's make it happen. Say it's me you found, finally a save. Love me now. I tiptoe through the trees, you kissed me in a gray sand. It's on the tip of your tongue You, you wanna test the waters now Now that you broke the ice You made me slip and die unfortunately and you know you have to kind of you have to understand and weigh them and then um you know do your best to kind of mm-hmm. balance them out do you this is something i ever thought about but do you worry at all as it even entered your brain that you might not be taken seriously as an artist because you're a girl i don't think so i mean um i've gotten the impression from some people like oh yeah she's just a, a cute face with a mm-hmm. you know piano but um I think so, as soon as you that, um thank you well <laughs> I hope so as yes. soon as you meet someone and actually establish contact with them and you're interacting with them and you show a confidence in your abilities and b um just competence in general I think yeah. you know in a business awareness and kind of a savviness there people people catch on to that and they take you seriously um 
And then hopefully as soon as they he- open my mouth and I, they hear my sure. you know, music, then they're like, okay. Um, I mean, that's the goal anyway. Um, but yeah, I do feel like people can be judgmental in that sense. But I don't, I feel, I feel confident in saying that as soon as they know me and mm-hmm. interact with me and see that I'm not, um, you know, I'm not just a dumb girl who right. thinks she can play music. Because, um, I mean... You kind of have to prove yourself, though. You do. I mean, you there do. is a certain... Um, but I feel like that... Honestly, that's everybody. That's Every, everybody. As soon as you get especially up Especially in this town. Absolutely. And I, but I feel like you, especially, and all of my talented female friends have to kind of fight the... Because there are people, there are girls who get up, and I've seen them in this town specifically, who get up and, you know, they're great looking, but they don't have the goods when it right. when, when they need to deliver and I feel like that sort of right. gives you guys a little bit more work but also maybe it's good because you guys can get up there and if, if there's people like okay let's see what this girl's gonna do you know and then you knock it out of the park the thing <laughs> is if you're like, undeniably good I think it's really cool that our culture is moving this way if you are absolutely undeniably good it doesn't really matter what you look like if no. you are heinous I mean, you might need a little help just if you're, you know, planning on being in, on stage. At least be people. interesting. Um, but yeah, make it a thing. Like, yeah. make that yeah, your, yeah. your Own thing. It. Own it. Yeah. Um, but oh, all that is to say, like, if your art is is like fantastic and you are um, bringing people just their mouths are dropping after you, like, yeah, there is that's what's marketable now, and that's really cool to see our culture moving that way. Um, I can name off, you know, celebrities. Um, Adele's a good example because mm-hmm. Adele's beautiful, but yeah. she's a heavy set woman. I mean, sure. she's a, she, but her voice and her, the way that she is able to command a room is like, Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. So undeniable. And so it doesn't matter that she's not this toothpick model. You no, know? no. Um, I think it would be weird if she did. I honestly yeah. Like, it's so, and it she works. owns it so it, well. Oh, yeah. And she doesn't like hide behind a piano or a guitar. Like, she stands up there with a mic, with a mic stand and freaking, like, I am, I'm in tears. Like, yeah. it's, it's like just watching it like a DVD, like, I'm just like moved, which yeah. is amazing. I don't feel like that's, you know, extremely easy to do. I almost feel like that's where, when, when rock and roll was born and all that, it, it was all about the music. And then it got so much about the money that it drove record labels down until they basically committed suicide and now we're back to a place where mm-hmm. you know that's really dramatic but um, no, no, now no. we're back to a place where we really it's all about the music yeah and people are starving for genuine art and um when they hear it they know they know something's different about it and, and I that, think that's, that's why there's that show the voice is all about like the fact that you have the goods when you yeah. need it and not about and the fact that you might not look the way that right I hope that's what... I mean, there's always going to be a pocket of the industry that's just completely shallow, you know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I think that every... And there might be little pockets of it, every, like, in everything, you know, necessarily. I mean, there's... Anytime you, you start talking business stuff with with art, like, it starts getting kind of messy and can be kind of shady. And there's always somebody shady coming in to, you know, who, who can make a comment about your... The way you look, and you can look more like this, and you look more like this, and, you know, and that's... Just that one person's opinion, but right, I I think there there will always be that, and part of that is just because um 
you know, when we interact with people, we are likely to interact more positively with people we're attracted to, mm-hmm. even just, just from like an aesthetic sense, you know? Um, but so some of that is just comes naturally and that's why it's more profitable. But I think it's really cool when, when someone who's so world renowned isn't so type A, she is yes. the exception to the rule. Yes. And it's becoming, I think people want to find other people that they can relate more to that are just normal mm-hmm. or not, you know, not so perfect looking. Or, yeah. So. I think, I think, I don't know whether she said it on the podcast or not, but when Brooke Wagner, when I was talking to Brooke Wagner, she was like, it's crazy that a red haired, awkward, like pasty, skinny, you know, like pencil thin chick like me is able to, you know, get up and people like see her the way that, you know, <clears throat> they don't see her as the way she, we tend to see ourselves whatever. She was like, I knew who I was when I was nine and I was awkward and uncomfortable and shy and weird and artsy. And now like somebody like that can get up and just create such, you know, like the way she, you know, commands a stage and just like creates these tapestry, tapestries of, you know, art with her, with her. The first time I saw Brooke play, because uh, we both went out to LSU and I uh, saw her oh, yeah. play at the varsity. And I just, like, was weeping. I didn't even, wasn't yeah. even self-aware about it. I just, I was like, oh my gosh, her music is just so beautiful. Anyway. And the way she attacks, like, sometimes she can be so delicate. I, I love artists that have that. I mean, Ryan Adams has it too, where she has a few different voices. Mm-hmm. And she can be so, like, sultry and soft and then, you know, and then whimsical and everything's kind of mm-hmm, staccato. Mm-hmm, and and mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's all these different little personalities that go in and out. And I, I feel like that goes back to sort of, like, I've, well, kind of what we're talking about with image and stuff. If you know who you are and you know that you have all these little traits about you and you own it and you hone it. <laughs> no. mm-hmm. uh, and you are prone to it and you... Lo- no, I'm trying to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I lost it. Uh, but I feel like then nobody can then nobody can tell you what you need to do. Like people just want to be on your team. Like that's yeah. kind of something I figured out a couple of years ago. I was like, oh well, I sort of have these different facets of my personality. So if I, if I just take everything that comes naturally to me and find a way to weave that into my live show and into my records and into the you know it's then it's not false. There's no show. It's just I'm authentically you. Yes. And so nobody else can, and then then and then I become my own artist. And this is the thing that I've been like this ten years in the in the making. I'm trying to be this guy for a while, and then I've been trying to make a right, record like this right, guy. And, right, right. and it was all, you know, it's very awkward and just just as growing pains are. But just figuring out like, no, I'm going to be this guy, and here are all the elements, and here's some th- cool things I can do with it. And then as soon as I figure that out and put out a record, my last record I feel like was was that was so me. Uh, I've never been more successful. In, in this entire time I've been trying to do this and not that I'm like wildly successful but like people started jumping in and being like oh I like that you know mm-hmm. blah 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 and I, I've, and people I feel like people are drawn to self-assuredness too and so there's an element of, of that where like yeah I'm just gonna own this thing I'm just gonna be you know this guy yeah whatever no, it is before I moved to Nashville um, I met with a mentor of mine who had done the whole Nashville thing he has a family now and he does music you know wherever he can but he doesn't he's not pursuing the artist thing and he was sitting down with me and he was I was like do you have any advice for me I'm (laughs) so you know intimidated and excited and anxious and I don't know what I'm doing and he was like be yourself and I was like really that's so cliche seriously you know yeah Yeah. I was like I am okay duh moving on you know like um but but it wasn't until in the last year where that really sunk in and it was like 
every time I've stepped out and embraced my quirky, you know, um, and I'm, I'm awkward as well. And, you know, just, just been true to that and not tried to do, tried to be like anyone else in town. I mean, that's hard. There are so many talented people here and you're like, you watch them and you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't say anything in between mm. songs. That's so much oh, cooler, I know. you I know. know. And then you get up there and you're like, this is, <laughs> and you start playing and you're uh, like, okay, that didn't feel natural, you know? No. So, so yeah, I, I've, I've learned that over and over and over again and it's so cliche, but it's, it's so, it, it's the most fundamental lesson I think artists can embrace. They stood in the doorway with the ring tucked in interest them because they are intrigued by this artist that and they want to know you and they want to know what your hobbies are and you know so yeah that has I think that you have a little window into the mm-hmm. into that world mm-hmm. yeah I feel like you do that really well and it was you're one of these people when I met you I'd, I'd never heard of you and then we met and then I couldn't get away from you like you were I saw you on all these shows and then <laughs> you're, I was just like, where has this person been? You know, like when you, or you know when you like randomly see somebody at like a writer's round and then you kind of like log their name into mm-hmm, your brain. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, that's interesting. I'll remember that person. And then you see them everywhere. Hannah Miller was another one of those people. I was like, where, where does yeah. this girl come from? Uh, and I feel like you do a really good job of, you know, working with themes, with, with you know, your EPs and just everything with the mailing list to the website. Everything just has like a running theme throughout. It's not all sporadic and I don't know how how deliberate that was. I'm assuming that it, there was some sort of like, yeah, I want all my stuff to kind of look the same. and Well, some but, of that's branding and, and yeah. having the consistency, but some of that is um, falling in love with a story and capturing it and sharing it with people. Mm-hmm. Like Fields and Forests and the Dark and Light uh, concept EP records that are duet, you know, they're, yeah. they're um, duo, they're sister EPs. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with that concept and I, I tried my best to tell that story and it's been really cool. What is the story? Um, basically we had about, (laughs) I had a catalog of, um, like 11 songs. Mm -hmm. We ended up picking nine that were our favorite. Um, my producer Taylor Bray and I, um, 
really were just listening to these songs and we were like, oh, there, you know, he was like, what, what were you going through? Like a bipolar time? I mean, there's a lot of like really <laughs> sweet, adorable love songs. And then there are these like gut wrenching like, ballads that are just uncomfortable, like so sad or, but you, you know, you put it on repeat and then you're like, I want to feel that again. <laughs> you do. You do. I was, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, he and I, well, really he kind of like sparked the idea um, like, what if we did, what if we broke them up and did two concept EPs that went together, Forest and Field, well, I came up with the names, um, and because, um, you know, I was like, I want, I, I feel like these songs bring people to places, mm-hmm. so I want the, the names of the records to be places that they're, they're, um, like, a setting, yeah, yeah, a context, um, yeah. and, um, I'm a big fan of imagery. I'm a big fan of uh, incorporating as many senses of, as possible into mm-hmm. your lyrics and and everything. And I think that um, I just I just fell in love with the idea. And um, is this your first recording? Have you recorded before this or um, released anything? I've yeah. Um, well, I made a little um, a, a homemade recording, like living room okay. unplugged um, thing in high school. Sold that at uh, graduation day. I wrote a song for my graduation. Um, yeah. My graduating class and sung it at um, prom. Did you really? Graduation. Yeah, yeah. What was singing um, at prom like? Oh, was that uncomfortable? Um, <laughs> or was it a small enough school to where it wasn't that? I cannot even believe I did that. Um, I I think the band had a keyboard and and someone just just made me go up oh, there. Oh, really? One it wasn't of the planned? teachers asked me. No, so oh, I had teachers to are always ruined and stuff. Oh man, get up there <laughs> in your most impressionable time of your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but it was it it was a turned into like a really special thing because you know not no one had ever really done that and um, mm-hmm. um, so yeah I put that song on a like a little demo work tape record eleven songs the first eleven songs I ever wrote yeah and um, when I moved here I kind of marinated for the first year and and really was challenged and wrote a lot a lot a lot and. Um, I said, okay, I think I'm ready to, you know, take the leap of faith and really do this for real. So, were you playing in town a lot? Were you playing like writers rounds and stuff? Um, not. I played a few writers round. Um, I played at the basement, New Faces Night. Mm-hmm. Um, I played the Family Wash, um, Ugly Mugs. Uh, I had a band for a while that was um, funny and just in town, really. Yeah, um, I had a few people that were playing with me. We rehearsed once a week, and oh wow, um, that was kind of a season in my life where I really was. I was again afraid to be myself, basically, because I I felt like I had to be accompanied by other yeah. people, um, and I, part of the problem was that I wasn't writing songs that uh, could stand alone, honestly. Um, and there were good songs, and people really responded, but I didn't, I felt like I needed something else. Mm. Um, and then the other part of that was, you know, a lack of confidence in this town, just being really, oh, really gosh, yeah. intimidated. Um, but once I kind of said, okay, I need to be, I need to do this by myself. Mm-hmm. And um, I did, I started meeting people, studio people. I did a project on Norris Strait um, with Jameson Elder, and oh, yeah. then, um, got introduced to a guy named Dewey Boyd at Smokestack Studios mm-hmm. and then um, from there it was just like everyone I met introduced how can I help you know introduced me to players and yeah, management people and you get that ball producers rolling. yeah and it, it just never stopped and I met Taylor and 
um, he kind of was in the pool for being a producer for this project, and he, I remember, he came to one of my shows at the basement, and it was kind of, I invited all the producers that I wanted, that I was looking at, Mm -hmm. and he was texting the whole time, and I remember saying, like, well, I'm not going to hire that guy. He's not even listening, you know? I know. And after the show, he came up and he said, I, you know, sorry, I was on my phone the entire time, but I had all of these ideas for your songs. I had to write them down. Wow. Yeah. Um, and he's like, uh, like this song, I heard this, this, and this. And then, you know, what, what if we did a subway sound on Martyr Heart and, you know, all this crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wow. Next like, time bring really... a pen and paper because it, yeah. <laughs> it seems like you're just like texting like to get sports <laughs> updates or something. Um, but I, I was so impressed. And then we, we did kind of a, a trial run song mm-hmm. called Fall Day that I'm going to release, I think in the fall of this year. But okay. We'll see. Um, and it, it just went so well. We worked so well together that um, I was like, this is right. He's, yeah. He's the right producer. And so, sure enough, we came up with the Fields and Forest thing. And, yeah. Um, and in that year, in the last year, I think being in the studios really challenged me as a vocalist a lot and as a player um, to be, to perform and... Mm. Um, to really hit notes and and know what I'm doing and know how to do it and um, to play in, on tempo and you know oh, um, gosh. and and all With of that metronome. so oh my gosh I used to hate metronomes <laughs> I used and now to too. I'm like I need I, need I almost it. want it live yeah to a certain extent sometimes like be, in your I, ear yeah, just a little exactly. reference um, but it's funny how how um, in retrospect when you look at things and anyway but. It's really cool. So Fields, we released in November after the Kickstarter, which mm-hmm. went really well. And um, I feel like Fields has been really well received. And oh yeah, it's great. We've it's gotten, really um, thank you, we've gotten some some interest from people around town. and So we'll see. This we've is got like some, literally, some opportunities. What, like, is, are we talking about the, everything you just said is in the span of like what? Like a year? Or a little bit more maybe? When I started working with Maple Studios? Or yeah, when you were just like... From the time, yeah, it's been a year. That is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's, that's so great. That well, I mean that. I mean, going back to what we were talking about before, people are like, why don't you just go and do it? Blah blah blah. There's a certain like, yeah, getting on the road and like you know trudging it there, but like I feel like staying in town and doing what you did is maybe harder because getting people in this town to listen to you, while while everybody overall is pretty nice, everybody is really busy. And so if you're going to take up their time, you have to make it worth it and they have to make, they have to at least think that it's going to be worthwhile. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's really tricky. And I I know that just from trying to book this podcast, like so many people are like, well, I really don't have like, you know, 45 minutes, uh, you know, anywhere. I've, I've done it over lunch before because people are like, well, I have a lunch break. I'm like, great. Um, I mean, so you have to sort of like to trudge that out here and be like, you know, listen, I, I think that I'm worthwhile being listened to and kind of selling yourself in this town in a way is a lot harder than, you know, selling yourself in, you know, Cape Girardeau, Missouri, (laughs) or wherever you might go. Right, and that gets you, you need fans, you need a fan base, but to me it was like, I want to establish myself in this town, in this hard town, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to establish myself and and get, um, you know, a base of credibility so that I can embrace opportunities you yeah. know, so opportunities will easily more easily come to me because people know who I am and they recommend me for things or mm-hmm. they'll um you know, and so it's it's been really cool. I'm not near where where I want to be, but um 
Well, we, we probably will never be exactly where we, where we want to be. Yeah, that's <laughs> the journey. Isn't yeah, it? <laughs> but we're, but we're, yeah, but there is definitely a, a heading. Like, I'm more satisfied now in my career than I've ever been, but there's still so much that I'm, like, chasing after, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's, you know, getting a couple placements or getting, uh, you know, on a couple different tours or there's different artists that I'd love to, you know, be on the road with or whatever it is. There's always something. And that's good. I feel like you need to chase after that, but... Uh, I've definitely been so, well, like I said, I didn't know who you were, and then all of a sudden you were everywhere. I've been so, like, impressed with you. But what you were just saying, it worked with me, because I saw, I played a show with you, and then, you know, I was impressed and asked you to play, you know, another Mm -hmm. show, and then I've, then we've just become friendly, and, like, you're just, you're in my, like, rotation of people that, like, I have a list of people, like, when I'm playing a show that I would call, that I know is always going to, like, show up and deliver, and you're one of those people. Thank you. Definitely it's a good testament because a lot of people listen to this podcast who are sort of like kind of trying to figure out how to do it and Mm -hmm. I feel like you're a good testament to like you just you decided you made a decision and you know and then following steps past that and a lot of times that's the toughest part is taking Mm -hmm. those steps Uh, and you know going to shows is so good for you because so good if if you see something and you say gosh I want to be able to do that then you go home and you are you're challenged and you're inspired and you're, um, it's a, such a necessary evil mm-hmm. to be constantly around better talent, you know? Yes. Because it makes you become better. I know back home, people were like, gosh, you're so good. You know, we believe in you. Of people course, you, of course. You know? And that's important too. And it's, it's so important and awesome. And I cannot believe they saw that in me. Uh, and then moving here, it was like the first gig I got, someone came up to me and said, yeah, that song sucked. Literally, that is oh, they what that they you? said to me. They um, okay, that's not necessary. But well, I mean, they were they were that. judging. It was a um, a writers' night contest, and oh, and, and it's not like they came up unsolicited. I went up to them and said, "Hey, oh. what did you guys think?" And they said, "You have a great voice. The song was terrible." And I was like, "All right, I want to thank you for your honesty." So, you know, I'm like little green, me. right? Right, baby artist Rebecca, and I was like, "Thank you so much." <laughs> I I. Thank you. You know, yeah. I didn't know what to say, but um, I, I immediately went out and bought a songwriting book and read it, and um, it was called The Art of Writing Great Lyrics, and um, I wrote the first song I ever wrote um, in Nashville, actually on Forest, which is going to hmm. be released May 7th. Um, there you go. Plug it. It's uh, called Not Sure Yet, and that was mm-hmm. the first song I ever wrote in town, and it was inspired by the the wisdom in this book of course songwriting it's art so i mean sure. people have tips and things you kind of take it as a grain of salt but um yeah but i love reading that stuff because there's always you know even if like 90 percent of it's not good right there's 10 there's always something that i take out of it Tell if me, you like, can disagree with most of it but yeah. there's still something there i mean there's a reason these people are writing these books and also going to speaking to that like disagreeing like reading something that like a professional quote-unquote wrote and disagreeing with it, I feel like, speaks volumes about your perspective. And like, oh, mm-hmm. like I actually have an opinion on this is not my experience. I actually mm-hmm. disagree. Mm-hmm. Disagreeing with something that's a, like a professional wrote is actually a little mark of like, oh, I actually know what I'm, maybe I know what I'm doing. Right. Or you know what works for you and what, you mm-hmm. know, what works for someone else may not work for you. And so like, no, I don't want my lyrics. You know, every other line doesn't have to rhyme. Every no, other, it doesn't. You know, yeah. um, so it's, it, it's... As much as your CDO... So is it, did I say right? <laughs> CDO, OCD, <laughs> yeah, alphabetical order. Yeah. 
as much as that wants you to like every line would be negative. <laughs> yeah. I do that too. I'm like, no, this has to be, you know, I get obsessed about internal rhymes and like I, Me and, too. And alliteration and I'm like, everything has and to it line is, up. It, it is, it sounds really nice if you can do that, you know, and it's and like. It, and if you can make it sound effortless, mm-hmm. that's the goal. Exactly. Sit back and it be has like, to be natural. It uh-huh. has to feel, um, it has to kind of roll off the tip of your tongue, but. Totally. Um, do you, how quickly when you finish a project do you already have like kind of the next couple things you want to work on or um, like down the pipeline how how quickly do you start thinking about that even a little bit well someone one of my mentors I've 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 been very um I I mean just I have incredible mentors um but one of them always quotes Bear Bryant he played football Mm -hmm. for Alabama did he play football with Bear Bryant yes and um he always says Coach Bryant told me you know he like has this thick Alabama accent um, but anyway, he, he said, think about today and you're already behind. Always be looking at what's next. Always be preparing that in your mind and, and thinking about what's, what's one year from now, what's two years from now, what's 10 years from now, what's five years, you know, yeah. um, and just kind of having goals and, and like trying to materialize those things. And, um, that's really good. Yeah. I've got, I've got some ideas. What I have to ask you about fields because it's all I know about. Okay. Because um, I haven't. I've, I've only heard you play a few of the Forest songs mm-hmm, live, mm-hmm. but um, what? Because there are a couple songs. Um, is it Vashery Girl? Yeah. Did I say it? Yeah, you did it right. Okay, good. Uh, what is the? Do you have to go? Mm-mm. You have time. You're good. I'm good. Uh, what? What is that song? I I because you, you, I heard you play live and you. Said it was about your grandparents, possibly. Mm-hmm. Is that what, is yeah. that what it was? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where did that My come from? My grandmother is from a little swamp town called Vashery, Louisiana. Oh. And nice. uh, she is like true Creole French. Um, she makes the best red beans and rice. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my grandfather is from Iowa. And he um, met her in, in, in New Orleans. He was working in New Orleans. Met her, and they fell in love. And they've been in New Orleans, like, their, almost their entire marriage, practically. Mm-hmm. So they're really, really um, from New Orleans now. Right. I mean, they raised their kids there, and, you know, my mom and her sisters were raised there. So um, they live in New Orleans. And so I wanted... Um, it was their 50th anniversary, and... My parents were like, so, no pressure, but oh, no. you don't you have to write them anything, but if you want, I mean, what are you thinking you're going to give them? You know, and it was like, oh, oh my, my gosh, gosh, really, guys? I was such a brat. I was like, just because I'm a songwriter, I and, then, and, I have to, and, <laughs> and they were like, you know, it would be so nice, and uh, I'm terrified for their anniversary, um, you know, their 50th. Oh, 50. my gosh. But, um... But yeah, I said, okay, let me interview my grandfather, because I really wanted it to be a surprise to my grandmother, yeah. and she was like, you better not be writing me a song, you better not be wasting your time on us, you just keep doing your thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they are hilarious, they they have this like sweet, loving relationship where they, it's all about acts of service mm-hmm. for them, um, but they just, they pig on each other and bicker, and but I mean, they're so happy, they're never like, you know, yeah. like scary bickering, it's like... It's funny. Um, you ask them for directions somewhere. It takes an hour for them to just map it out because one of them's telling you to take the highway. The other one's yeah, like, no, yeah. if you just go Lafayette Street. No, don't listen to There's him. There's even you like know? a reference to that in the song. Yeah, there yeah. is. There is. <laughs> and so, um, 
you know, my, my grandfather had this, rescued this cockatoo and in a storm and, you know, like taught mm-hmm. it to speak. It's really everything in that song is truly about them. He's a geologist and she um, is a teacher and they're what, just did they precious. they love the song? Oh my gosh, they loved it. Of course, I had to print out the lyrics and give sure. them to them to, you know, sure. so they knew what I was saying and everything. Um, but yeah, they love it. They love it. Angels swayed on the day that I met ya. I am a bachelor girl, you were a farmer from Iowa. Canopy of green, New Orleans, that famous courtyard. I asked for your hand, a life began, and we made it this far. Because you are my heart Forever, honey, you You are my heart You have a collection of rocks You keep in a box on display in our front parlor You have a collection of plates From every state I hung them on our living room wall you went and rescued a cockatoo and taught it to speak you're the only day who can name players on all of the song that I can't that I, that murders me every time that I wanted to ask you about is uh, Here Lies My Pulse. yes what is that song Here Lies and, My Pulse is you, you the only to, ballad on Fields yeah yeah I won't I won't give it away um, or you don't have to if it gets uncomfortable or whatever because I know when you talk about songs with people like they're like well I don't really want to go into it but whatever you can say about that song I could shut the mic off I don't care like I'm just I'm just interested because there's something there that like rips my heart out and just for like and I but I it's that feeling I was talking about earlier I was like well, I want to put it on repeat and just like yeah. lay on lay on the carpet and just like listen and feel <laughs> it does it, yeah. which is amazing like that's that's amazing thank you well I have to say um that song is is like a piece of my soul um that's one of the few songs I'm sure you have a handful of them where I've only written another one other song like this where it's like literally I just in tears writing it. Like mm-hmm. it's really a piece of me that that is so deep that I w- I feel extremely um, vulnerable when I perform it. Um, and tracking vocals, we we had a, a like a, a conversation about what it was about, and um, I cried my entire way through tracking really? vocals. Yeah, so that's why I think a lot of the emotion Gosh, really comes it out. Absolutely does. Yeah, you can tell I'm crying in certain parts. Um, but it's just about, it's kind of my story. Um, and it's about what, what, like, what I need and what I don't need to be happy and just kind of that quest. I think everyone's on it. Mm-hmm. Just trying to find what, like, completely fulfills you. I've waited all too very long to tell you that these 
thoughts are on my throat The thing is I'm a fool who's crazy mad And I want to abandon what I have afloat I look around something it does because um, i didn't have any idea what it was about but i it made me feel mm-hmm. like instantly as soon as it starts you just it, it does it makes you feel like i might play the whole thing on this podcast because please do it's just it's yeah it does that and i and i knew that like and from that moment on, i was like i have to have you on the podcast just to ask you about that <laughs> about the song because uh but well someone told me literally this morning you know that song he he went through a divorce. I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this. Um, we love to say who it is. Okay, uh, he was going through a divorce uh, earlier this year, and I gave him my record. Um, mm-hmm. He was like helping out at a show, and um, he took he he took his ring. He he like went on a walk, and he ended up in the middle of the woods, and was just this was shortly after the divorce, and he just was like crying, and he took his wedding band. You know, he had been wearing it, and he said he had just like this on the spot just like this funeral impulse for impulse his his past wedding uh, wow. you know marriage and um and that's just that in and of itself is heartbreaking you know but he said as soon as he left his ring in the woods he heard the chorus of that song just like i don't need Gosh. anything like and for him it was you know i have god um mm-hmm. which was so cool and um just really, really beautiful, and that's what I love about making music is that people adopt, adopt like my expressions mm-hmm. and make them their own expressions, and that's why I think we love music. Um, it's one of the most humbling things is when somebody takes your your song or like comes and tells you a story like that, and you're like, "That's not what it, you know." It's never what you intend right. for it to be, but mm-hmm. it ends up this thing, and yeah, and 
I you, it, at that point the song is not yours. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. it's just it exists on its own at that point, right. you know. And so you can't take ownership or even say thank you. You just have to be you have to be blown away. Yeah, that's all you and can so do. It's a, like such a a wordless like what you know. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that when people ask me for advice, which doesn't happen that often, but every, every once in a while, I, 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 one of the first things I say is, well, I say write, write all the time, even if you don't feel like it, but then also go go to as many shows as you can that, like, without breaking your wallet, really. But, mm-hmm. but just even if you don't want to go to shows, like, often when I don't feel like going to a show and it'd be so easy to stay home, that's when I know I need to go to the most because there's yeah. something that's, well, whatever it is, there's, like, the evil that's inside of us that may, tries to hold us back. Mm-hmm. And that is equally us as the good is, but they'd be like, eh, don't go to that. It's so much easier. Right, the laziness yes. of, of not putting, not challenging yourself. Totally. There's so many times totally. where, where I'm like, oh, I just, you feel a little bit tired and you, you almost convince yourself to stay. I've gone to shows and like, I've had like rev, revelatory moments, you mm-hmm. know, like where I'm, I'm busting out my phone or I'm busting out a piece of paper, yeah. writing stuff down and I can't get out fast enough, you know, and I've, and I'm just like, man, I'm so, I almost didn't go to that. Like, that happens more yeah. often than not. So if I feel the impulse to, to cancel a plan or not do a thing, I know to run towards it mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Not always, but sometimes your instincts were right the first time. You know, like, no, don't, don't you know, yeah. hop out on that. Like, run towards it. And so I always tell people, like, go to as many shows, see as many different types of music mm-hmm, as possible. Because mm-hmm. I've been, I went and saw uh, Ben Folds with the Nashville Orchestra <sighs> a couple of years ago, and him, I mean, they played their own set or whatever, you know, a little bit before he came out, and I was, like, already emotionally inspired by that. I'm like, I never, you know, I just went to see Ben Folds play with this amazing orchestra, you know, because I love him, but the, it just blew me away. And I was like, yes. I never thought that just, like, just this massive, like, 90-piece orchestra, you know, playing these these works that are, like, hundreds of years old would be so emotionally inspiring, you know. They're not even, we're not even in the same genre. Because sometimes right. we, we pigeonhole right. ourselves. Right, 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 You know. It's true. And, and I think um, those are the types of things that it, art inspires art, which inspires art, which inspires art. And yeah we're such a product of our history and, you know, our surroundings, and it's such a good thing. Like, I remember when I asked an artist I I really admired, I said, what, you know, what kind of music inspires you or, you know, influences you? And he says, you know, I don't really listen to music. I don't want to be influenced by modern, you know, people I'm compared to. And I said, gosh, maybe, maybe he's right. Maybe I should not listen. And then it wasn't until someone told me, you're crazy. That's crazy yeah. talk. You're a crazy lady. Like you, <laughs> no, it's true. you need to be influenced by Constantly. everything around you. Yeah. And that just opens gate floodgates of creativity. Totally and and once I did, I was like, gosh, what have I been hiding under a rock for? You know, like this is. I don't care if I sound too much like a, an, another artist. Like my songs are my own, mm-hmm. and as long as I'm being true to myself, yeah. like we were saying. Um, then it won't come off, you know, like, we all have similarities, and we all, you know, some someone's always going to compare us to something they, they know. Sure. Just out of, you know. But you can ask 100 different people, and you get 100 different answers. It's true. It's so, true. And, that, and that's a good thing. That's a, good a testament, thing. yeah, Absolutely. to it all. And, um, and, yeah, not being afraid to be different, but also not being afraid to be, quote-unquote, similar. Yeah. Um, and refreshingly familiar. Is, right. Is what that I is always, a yeah. That's a great like, way to put oh, it. Oh, this is 
it, it helps for context influence doesn't is I, I feel like it's a danger to be scared of being influenced by something uh, yeah i think there's something to be said about you know not not like um, staying away from really only listening to a certain artist that you actually really do sound like. I think that's there's something healthy about that. Because mm-hmm. I, I I read I read an article where the guy said that same thing where he's just like it was some bigger band I don't remember who it was but they were like we don't we don't really listen to music we're not really influenced by music and I immediately I was young enough to be impressionable but also old enough to be like this is that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard so yeah so you got to be influenced by it and then not and but also by music as well. Look at you, you're blown up. I'm so uh, famous. No, I'm just kidding. No, we're, we're at the end of our time anyway. Okay. But thank you, Rebecca, for doing this. You're so welcome. And Thanks for having me. May 7th. May 7th. Forest. Forest. Comes out. Fields is available now. Mm-hmm. We'll do a little commercial at the end. Okay. We'll sum up. Uh, girls are not less than guys. <laughs> <laughs> How was your sandwich that you just ate? Was oh, it was delicious. Good? Was it good? Yes. Yeah, Sam and Zoe's represent. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, thanks for doing it. <laughs> thanks for having me. Well, that will do it for episode 42 with Rebecca Rubion. I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation. Uh, if you want to check her out and her uh, new EP that is dropping next week, uh, or it's out now, depending on when you listen to this, uh, May 7th, uh, Force EP comes out. Uh, you can check that out at RebeccaRubion.com, and I'm sure it'll be on uh, iTunes and all that good stuff as well. Bandcamp, uh, a great way to support an artist, and a worthwhile artist at that. So thank you guys for listening. Um, if you guys want to contact the show, uh, you can rewind this episode <laughs> to where I talk about how to do that and make it happen. Seriously. Uh, write in, iTunes feedback, all that stuff. I love to hear from you guys. It feels so good to be back. Thank you guys. And uh, hopefully we'll see you again very soon on Who Writes This Stuff. I'm Nick Flora. Hey, go do something creative. Hey.